Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share. No share with Dr. Dave. Hello and welcome to the Null Share with Dr. Dave podcast. I am Dr. Dave Cornelius, your host. We are continuing the series Resiliently You to discover what makes people resilient to build high-performing organizations and sense belonging and healing. Dr. Dave Cornelius is a business and executive coach known for driving organizational transformation for enterprise clients. As a thought partner in areas of business agility, digital transformation, agile leadership, and production innovation, Dr. Dave possesses many years of experience working with corporations, startups, and nonprofits to achieve a level of productivity that meets their short and long-term goals. Known for his hands-on and experiential coaching style, Dr. Dave takes pride in delivering immersive learning experiences through lean startup, design thinking, and agile leadership. He's the author of five books in Amazon.com, and his newest release is Deliver Value, Happy Contributing People, Satisfy Customers, and Thrive in Business. As a community advocate and change agent, Dr. Dave leveraged his background and expertise as an agile coach and enterprise training to launch the Agile for Humanity Conference. He finds joy in building people, processes, and programs that level the playing field for disadvantaged populations and serve as a founder for the Five Saturdays STEAM program to establish a voice for the BIPOC community in the product development and technology fields for at-risk youth. And uh, with that, uh, let's all welcome Dr. Dave Cornelius. Thank you, Caesar. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> you know, as you were you know, discussing um, time that, that you spent as a volunteer, I was just reflecting, you know, on my time as a PMI member. I'm still a PMI member, by the way. I'm still a member of the, the Phoenix and Tucson chapter. But uh, when I lived in California, that's how I met Kevin. Um, I was a member of the PMI OC chapter and actually served on their board and did a lot of work in marketing. Um, so I'm just glad to be here. Kevin was harassing me for a few years. Hey, come and volunteer and speak at our chapter. I'm like, no. And and then so I decided, okay, fine, Kevin. You know, we're, we're, we're I've known Kevin for quite a few years. If you guys don't know who Kevin is, Kevin O'Reilly, who helps out with lots of speakers um, through, you know, many different chapters. Um, so today, with that... I want you, I'll be asking you questions. I'll ask you to use the chat. You know, if you have a question you want to ask me, just interrupt me. It's no big deal. You know, let's keep this casual. Um, learning should be fun. And kind of like that's the way I like it. So I am going to go ahead and start sharing. And we'll get into the presentation today. The topic is, do you deliver value? And, and, you know, someone who is not involved with actually building stuff always, even as a project manager, coach, scrum master, program manager, portfolio manager, I asked that question, am I delivering value? You know, am I adding any worth here to this company or to this initiative? So uh, this is where this topic came from. Um, it's, it's actually Deliver Value is the name of my latest book, but this is where the topic come from, from me personally asking that question, you know, do I really deliver value in the process? So I'm going to ask you, 
You know, how do you know you you delivered value? And what I would like you to do is to share this information in the chat. Share one way you delivered value recently. And it just doesn't have to be at work, right? Because we live in communities, we have families, um, we have friends. Um, what are some ways that you, you know, you're just cognizant or aware that you're delivering value at, at this point in time? And let's just spend about, about I'm, I'm going to give us about a minute or less, maybe 30 seconds or so for you to just start dropping that in the chat. And Caesar, you know, one of the fun things about, you know, the virtual presentation scheme is that I may need your help. I may need your help to allow me to see the chat and perhaps share back. Absolutely. Um, you know, what's going on in the chat? What are people saying about delivering value? I want to hear your voice too, Caesar. Yes, absolutely. Nicholas is sharing that. Documenting and sharing lessons learned with, with uh, his team is, is one of the ways. Kevin is sharing that. Helping uh, seniors with prod, uh, computer spam issues. Jackie is sharing that. I make performance data more available and accessible to public health department. Alaris is sharing, keeping things organized. Melissa is sharing that creating videos and content that are long overdue for clients and staff at work. Sonila is sharing that help with team interactions. John is sharing that create original content. Yeah, and I think Robin Meir sent one directly to me that says visibility to project impediments and impacts to the business. So, you know, we have a different, you know, each person has a different perspective of how we can deliver value. And so oftentimes when I ask people that question, do you deliver value? Um, we got a lot of different definition of what value means. Value means something different to yeah, not everyone, but for most of us, based on our context, you know, that's what value, our definition of value would be that. So um, I decided to look at Merriam Webster and, and say, well, how do they define value? Just so I said, let's have a definition of value, a DOV. Um, and in the, you know, in, in the agile world, we have definition of done, definition of ready. So I figure we should have a definition of value as well. Um, so Miriam Webster talks about a fair return or, or equivalent in good services or money for something exchanged. But I went beyond that. I said, that's cool. So out of my book, Deliver Value, I spoke to Diana Larson, who wrote Agile Retrospective. And her context was, I think there are different types of values that are one, customer, two, business, and strategic direction. That's Diana's context. Then I spoke to this other guy named Marty Nelson. And he has a coding lab up in Portland. And he says, well, you know, value is a positive exchange, positive emotion and experience. Then I went out and I spoke to Dave West, who is the CEO of scrum.org. And, and so he said, well, you must ask why is the person buying that thing? What is the value they want to receive? And then Howard Sublet was the former CEO of um, Scrum Alliance. And he says the relationship between the amount of someone of what someone pays and what they perceive they get in exchange. So dictionary has one context, uh, four, four different leaders asking them their definition of value. Um, I asked you right off the bat, what is your definition of value? Right. 
So you could see that there's a, a difference in terms of what we think value is. Now, I'm going to tell you that here's my definition of value. Because I, I didn't, did you guys care if I had a definition of value or not? Did it matter to you? You can shake your head up and down or give me an emoji in the chat. Um, I think I think Caesar cared. So at least yes. one person did. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> now people in the chat box are saying yes, yes, yes. <laughs> awesome. So, so here's my definition of value. I said value is a measurable outcome that can be realized and shared. I, and the reason I'm housing it and couching this definition in this way, because I want value to be measurable. Can I measure what I just delivered? So if I'm doing video content, I could measure that in many different ways. Um, when I say value is outcome focused, that is customer centric. It's about the people that we're serving. And you would find some of those definitions in the, in the prior um, discussions that I had in terms of people's perception of what they receive. But also I want to think that value is realizable, right? It's something that can be done, right? It's not just a hypothesis. And even if it begins as a hypothesis, can we move it forward to something that's really realizable, that we get some learning from there, that we can put some measurement against that, that we can look at it from a customer-centric context. And then I want to say value is shareable, right? We live in an era of, of where we have social media and all sorts of different devices that we could share what, what we have learned. So even within the context of an organization and even relationship with your partners, you know, sharing the value that you're providing is important. And we see it all the time. We see it all the time in the news in, in terms of what CEOs or, you know, what value they're providing or what value they're not providing. So you could see that it's a shareable thing and we're constantly working toward realizing some of these hypotheses and ideas that we have that we bring to market. So you said, well, hey, why is delivering value really relevant? Why is that really important? And so I'm going to say when value is realized and shares, shared, what we're talking about, we have customers who are like going like, yeah, we're satisfied. We have something that we like. Everything works. We're happy. And we're going to be loyal. And we're going to make sure other people come and come to be a part of your organization or share those products and services as well. But we also have happy contributing people. If you notice, I'm talking about people, employees, even you as a, as a project manager, program manager, whatever your role is, that you're also happy, you're contributing to what's going on, to that value that you're trying to, uh, that you're trying to deliver to your customers and for the organizations. But we think of the, the bigger picture of the organization itself, where the organization is viable and is thriving. You know, and, and I'm telling you, when you deliver value, it feels good. It really does. So I, I, I want to ask you that in the chat. And then Caesar or, you know, matter of fact, I'm going to pick on someone else. Corinna, um, I, I would like you to, if we could get everyone to just tell me, why is val delivering value relevant for you? And just put it in the chat. And I, I'm, I'm going to ask Corinna, since she's like the first one on my screen, to go ahead and just read what people are saying. So just go for it. We spend like about a minute just trying to capture, you know, what people are thinking is, you know, why is delivering value really relevant? 
I think for me, it's what keeps customers coming back to you. Beautiful. Yes. Right. My customers are loyal, loyal and satisfied. They're coming back every time. All right. So on the chat, we have job security. That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> sense of positive contribution. You feel useful. What I'm doing is contributing, moves business, focus, and allows us to be agile. If can't deliver value, why bother? Especially with public dollars, it's so critical that value is delivered. Purpose and sense of usefulness. Yeah, I mean, and those are all valid points and valid context about you know why value is important, and so it. I would say that it begins also in an organization with happy contributing people. Happy contributing people is really important for, for your org. And, and in the context that they have a purpose of why they're there, they're compassionate about each other, but they're also like passionate about the work that they're working on. Um, a key thing is mastering capabilities. So I'm, I'm channeling Daniel Pink, who says, you know, in his book, Drive, he talks about purpose, autonomous, autonomy, and mastery. So I'm channeling his context in a, a very, just a slightly different way that we want to master our capabilities. So if you are great at bringing people together to make sure that they can resolve an impediment, something that's causing the organization to have challenges, then you master that capabilities of what they say, hurting people. I'm, I'm being kind. I'm not going to say hurting cats. Well, that's what I meant to say, but I'm going to say hurting people. You're moving people in a certain direction so that they are successful. And most important, they're self-organizing. Right? Their boss does not have to tell them what to do. So just think about those individuals with that mindset, happy contributing people who come to work every day, high five, fist bump. Hey, how you doing? You know, what's going on, Nicholas Chance? Are you okay? Yes, okay. Having a great day compassionate. They're connecting with, with, with each other. And that happens based on the type of leadership that you have. Um, I use this context called generative leadership. So I have lots of stuff on this page, right? Because we have seven different values that when you have a generative leader, they're trying to build this culture that is really performance-based, very resilient. And they start off with things like, I'm going to focus on we, so we're going to have high cooperation. Um, we're going to trust that that you could achieve your goals. So you're the messengers, you're the people. We're going to enable you in that way. Um, we're going to win and lose as a team. So we say risk or shared. So oftentimes when we're working in an organization and we're talking about value and values, um, we want to blame IT, we want to blame this person, blame the business. It, Let's stop it. And so we're going to win and lose as a team. One team, one dream. Now, the other thing is, is that we want to bridge, we want to have conversations with other people. Um, I, I find that sometimes we walk into to organizations and we have this high level of friction that's taking place is because we're, we're not allowing, we're not encouraging people to come together and partner and bring value um, to the table. And also we said, hey, if we fail, let's ask why. You know, what did we learn about that? 
And in, and this is a, a, a concept in the agile space that we say, learn fast, learn fast. Even if you're failing, learn fast so that you could continue to have a shorter feedback loop and start to make a difference. Now, when we look at point number six, and we said novelty implemented, what we're talking about is like running experiments, short experiments, where we could evaluate these hypotheses. Because even though someone comes to you in your organization, when we said, we're going to do this thing that's going to generate $20 million, trust me, it's a hypothesis. We don't know if that's true until it's true. And we have an opportunity, what we call validated learning. That's the time where we know that it's true. Prior to that, it's kind of like, okay, that's what they said. And we're going to take your word for it. And, and I'm saying, yeah, let's run the experiment. Let's evaluate the hypothesis. Now, the seven point that I have added is, is about the abundance mindset beyond just a growth mindset that we have the capacity to share with others, the knowledge that we have, the experience that we have within our, our organization, we have the ability to bring that forward. So an abundance mindset. So the first six points, high cooperation, messengers enabled, risk are shared, failures, failures lead to inquiry, and novelty implemented came from this guy named Ron Westrums. Right? He came up with this idea that we want to work through, as we're working through the enterprise, we want to get to a performance-based organization and build that level of culture. I've added the seven point and, and gave it and said, let's look at the abundance mindset, because that's really important for us to enable just to do value and really build up happy contributing people. That's what we want. You want happy contributing people in the process. Um, I look at a context from South Africa that came from former President um, Nelson Mandela and also former Archbishop Desmond Tutu. And there's this whole concept called Ubuntu. And I know if you're in the tech space, you go Ubuntu. Oh, yeah, that's a Linux operating system. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not a Linux operating system. It's a philosophy that came from um, South Africa. And, and the term Ubuntu means I am because we are. Right, So I'm looking at the human side of happy contributing people being essential to running your organization. So I see you. I value you. I welcome you. And, and, and that is the mindset as a leader, as a project manager, because the project managers are leaders. Or even if you're just part of a team, being able to see Others in this way helps to build up this happy contributing people mindset that we want in, and that enable us to develop deliver value rather quickly and really build a greater um, amount of satisfaction with your customers. So Ubuntu gives you the philosophy that I am because we are. We're, we're working as a team, one team, one dream. But I've added some principles that says that we have some, I mean, some values. So here are some Ubuntu values. We want patience and kindness. So we're talking about a definition of love. And it's not the emotional, oh, lovey-dovey stuff. It's about patience and kindness as you're working with each other, working with your partners, working with different members in your organization. We want safety. We want to be able to have exchange of conversations, you know, without worrying about psychological safety challenges. Uh, we want to build up our resilience so we're able to move forward and, and get things done. 
you know, learn fast, right? Taking that that the moment the moment and time to get there, and then partnership. Partnership is really important as as we're walking through the organization, multiple dimensions, right? And in terms of the people that are part of the organization, so I know I've said a mouthful, so I want to put it in the chat. Um, what what is come showing up for you as you see Ubuntu and these Ubuntu values? What is showing up for you? And, and Jackie, if you could come off, um, I'm going to pick on Jackie Wirt because you know I, I think there's a great opportunity. She's the second next person on, on my screen, the third person on my screen, and she's going to share what's in the chat. So, thank you, Jackie, for for being voluntold. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So do you mean which which of those types of partnerships um, speaks to me? Is that what no, you're those, those type of values? Yes. And, and everyone else, while she's speaking, you could put yours in the chat, right? Because Jackie's going to also read those as well. So I'll actually just say yours and then read, you know, what, what is showing up for you? What's speaking to you when you see Ubuntu values? Oh, goodness. Um, yeah. I, well, I definitely see uh, partnership is key, um, and and resilience has been a key one lately because of COVID in the public health department. So resilience is a big one, <laughs> um, and there's always a, always room for patience and kindness. Thank you. So what else? Thank you so much. Um, there's some stuff in, in the chat that I'd probably like you to read out. Would you be okay doing that? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Really appreciate so, you. Okay. So we got um, resil from Alarice. We've got resilience. Um, Jan, I think of the scrum values. I wish I knew what, what those were. She, she mm. may need to remind me. <laughs> and then Robin, uh, Robin partnership and uh, Joe Hart partnership. That was the first one I thought of too. So I think that's a strong one. And then Kevin says value has personal overtones. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, shared values is what enables us to build culture, right? It, it's one of the markers when you're talking about culture, that shared values is one of those things. The other one is beliefs. So we could, as we start to think in the, in the frame, this conversation about value in, in this, the context of happy contributing people, we could see that we have these core set of leadership values for generative leadership. Um, we have these core set of values that we speak of for um, an actual happy contributing people having being passionate and have compassion and mastering capabilities, but also we now have Ubuntu, right? So as a collective, we could start to work on treating each other as human beings, treating each other with some level of kindness and right? building that partnership so we could deliver value. Because one of the biggest detractor or one of the highest cost in organizations is the fact that when we have friction, we're not delivering value. Right? When we're at war with each other, we're not delivering value. Right? Where we're just about our own you know, personal uh, things that we care about. The other context from happy contributing people is about satisfied customers. That's the next context in, right? And so how do we get happy, you know, why would we get satisfied customers? Well, I'm saying right off the bat, 
we're, we're talking about unmet needs that's satisfied. Um, just, just imagine, you know, having a, a mobile device that gives you everything that you need today, right? I mean, I could, if my iPhone or whatever mobile device you have, I could do a movie, have pictures, share things. I could do, you know, talk to each other. So those are all wonderful things for, from a satisfied customers from a product. The same thing with brand loyalty. I mean, the Apple folks are just, you know, we're fanatics when it comes to Apple products. So that's a brand loyalty. But here's a, a, a an actual marketing thing, an actual business uh, metric. You remember we, we're talking about value being measurable. So customer lifetime value is a really important aspect. And so all of us who are who have subscriptions, those companies love us when we buy those one-year subscription packages, right? So we have we have revenue for for a million people at one dollar per person for a whole year. Give me that. I, I I want that. That's a, that. Those are the things that customers would buy into, and and they start the leaning to and year over year. We're renewing our subscriptions. Um, you know, we, we do it with a lot of our streaming services. So that's what customers, a lot of satisfied customers would, hey, all my unmet needs are made. I'm totally loyal to what's going on. And, you know, I'm going to really just put my money where my mouth is and buy those subscription and keep paying those things annually. Right? I mean, so that's the second lens that we want to look at when we talk about delivering value, happy contributing people. Now we're talking about satisfied customers. No, no customers, no business, no business, no paycheck, no paycheck, no happy life, no vacation. You know, we, we could go on and on uh, without those things. Um, so I also go went out and part of the, the conversation that I'm having with different people is, okay, so what does satisfied customers mean to you? I went back to Diana again, and she said, get closer to the customer. Talk to Marty. Uh, customers getting value in a good way. You know, Dave said people are wowed by the value received. And then Howard said, when they receive value in excess of the amount they paid or the effort they provided, right? And so you can see there, there are different definition of, of what we mean by satisfied customers. Um, for me, satisfied customers are, are people who are delighted and their needs are met. We're generating revenue from them, right? And they're telling other people about how awesome our product is. They're telling people how awesome PMI San Diego is, right? That is satisfied customers using that word of mouth thing. So let's talk about this again in terms of what are some portraits of satisfied customers that you could think of in your organization or even you, even you. You know, um, you know, what are some contexts where you are a satisfied customer? And let's put that in the chat as well, right? We're, we're just capturing this information. And Nicholas, you are like the fourth person on my screen. So you get to go first and you get to, since we have such a small group, you get, if, if you don't mind, if you don't want to, you can say, I pass. Um, give me a chance to opt out. Sure. Well, what makes me a satisfied customer? Yeah, or, or it doesn't have to be you. It could be someone else. So share a portrait of a satisfied customer. Let's say delivering exactly what was in scope. Okay, awesome. Maybe even even above and beyond. What about the rest of you? 
in, in terms of a portrait of a satisfied customer. You could put it in the chat and then Nicholas is going to be kind enough to read those back to us. Shan says at work, I'm satisfied customer with the HR employee benefits. Um, Jackie says, come back for more training or actively request what we deliver. Joe says, exceeding expectations. Kevin says, do what you say you're going to do. Um, Kristen says, verbal appreciation. Robin says, people having confidence in our data and helping resolve issues. Thank you so much, Nicholas. Um, I lived in California and, and you know, I'm driving by, you know, a new release of an Apple product. And, and I'm using them as an example. And I would see people out there camped out, you know, 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. But, you know, I'm, I was a satisfied customer, but you wouldn't see me doing that. But I'm just saying that's a portrait of, of satisfied customers who are standing in line. I mean, you see it for Nike, they have a brand new shoes, you know, Comic-Con, right? Just long lines of people are just satisfied from the previous experience. Um, but there are techniques that we can start to learn about our customers, right? And, and, and so it, it's okay for us to, what we see, what we experience, but there's this tool that we use in the design thinking world called empathy map. And I hope it's, you know, and I'll probably read just the, the major bullets on there. One context, that we, we would want to have as we're working and dealing with our customers is like, you know, we want to know who are we empathizing with? And if I'm providing training or HR services, you know, who am I really empathizing with? And I, I want to know what do they need to do with the, the service, the products that we're providing with the interactions, even as a, as a project manager program, you could ask these questions. I've used this tool to work with teams as well, to understand, you know, what do they need to do? You know, what do they see? What are they seeing that's happening in, in their building where they're working with their teams? What are they seeing outside with other competitors? You know, what do they say? When we get to point number five, we said, what do they do actually? Not what they need to do, but what do they do? Right? What are you doing today? I mean, what kind of behaviors are you observing? And we get to six. We said, what do they hear? What are they hearing from people? You know, so oftentimes when I'm working with IT folks, they're hearing a lot of negative stuff. Right? I mean, CEOs hear a lot of negative stuff. You know, so that's going to impact that individual or that team and how they respond to what's going on within their environment. And that's going to impact them being either happy contributing people and those happy contributing people, if they're unhappy, they're going to impact the relationship that you have with your customers. So we no longer have satisfied customers. So the seven point that we, we look at is what do they think and feel? Oftentimes we don't want to talk about people's feelings, but let's talk about what are the pains that they have? What are the things that they're fearing? frustration and anxieties and the gains. What do they want from your product or service? What do they want? What are their needs, hopes, and dreams? So with a simple canvas like this called the empathy map or empathy canvas, 
you could sit down and have a conversation, whether it's your external customers, your internal users, your team members, other groups that you interact with, you can start to learn more about them. Put a picture of them right in the middle and replace this little image here. Um, you could start to get information from them. So what's showing up for you when you see this image? What are you thinking? If you wanted to pick one, and, and since we have such a small group, just speak it and, and throw it in the chat as well. Um, what, what are your thoughts? Alarise, um, would you be kind enough to tell us, pick one of these seven that's really resonating with you, and then maybe read what others are putting in the chat? Are you okay with doing that? Sure. Okay, go for it. And would you come in camera? Do you mind? Yeah. Okay. We want to see you. We want you to be a happy contributing person. Yay. Hello. The thing that resonates is uh, what do they hear? Um, what are people saying? What are they hearing from their friends, colleagues, things like that? I think people respond a lot to what they hear sometimes. Uh, and if it's customer service related, they'll listen to something negative before something positive. So you wanna make sure that the message that they're hearing is positive, so. Yeah. You know, what could you do with this information? You know, what, what people are putting in the chat? Uh, let's see. So Jan says, we are so much more than one input or thought. Uh, Jackie says this is much as this is a much broader way of thinking of customer satisfaction than is typical, very helpful. Robin says this uh, requires people to have time to think and be self-aware and be able to process and contribute. And Kevin says what they say about you versus other options out there. Excellent. Excellent. So you, you could use this as a tool in many different ways. So from a product perspective, we use this in tools to learn about customers. Um, if you're facilitating a team and you're leading that team, you're helping that team to move forward in their journey, you could use the, this to learn about them. Um, so these are opportunities for conversation to learn how do we continue to build this happy contributing people theme that we're after. We know that when people are in, in, a, in a happy state, they're having good experiences that your organization is going to perform better, right? I mean, your customers are going to come back to you, right? So this is really important stuff that we should pay attention to as much as we can. You know, Alaris, thank you so much for, uh, for um, being voluntold and, and serving the rest of your members today. You're awesome. Now, the third part of this that we want to think about delivering value, the first was happy contributing people. What was the second theme? All right. I was just checking to see if you guys are paying attention. The second one is satisfied customers. So the first is happy contributing people. The second is satisfied customers. And the third part of delivering value is thriving business. And so when you have a thriving business, you have a business that's practicing business agility. And 
when I speak of business agility is that the whole organization is nimble. The organization has the ability to inspect and adapt in, in many different ways based on, you know, the, the world that we're operating in today, where we call it a VUCA world, right? We have these volatile things, we have ambiguous, right? It's complex. And we, we have this world that we're living in um, that's really hard sometimes to run and, and run your business effectively. So the entire organization is practicing business agility. In reality, the word just really means to be nimble, means to be flexible. And so if the organization is working in that way, when we have challenges, the organization is able to respond, right? And when, when we have a downturn, right, the organization is able to figure out ways to keep all their people, as many as possible, and shift how they work. Really important is happy contributing people thrive. This is really important when we have a thriving business. And you keep me hear me talking about happy contributing people. It's not that just happy people, they're contributing. They're contributing to value in the organization, new innovations, solving real hard problems for your customers. And I like the satisfied, you know, satisfied customers or fans. And I mean, if you could ever get your organization to get to that point, well, yay, right? You're winning. So that's the third anchor. This, the third theme was the first one again. Happy contributing people. What's number two? Satisfied customers. Yes, satisfied customers. And what's number three? Thriving business. Yes, yes. Right. So when we think of value, I want you to think of value in that context as we're delivering value. I have happy contributing people. I'm delivering value. I have satisfied customers. I'm delivering value. I have a thriving business. Three different pillars that we can look at. And under each one of those, there's work for us to do, things that we have to do to make sure that we could achieve, you know, the goal of having happy contributing people, satisfied customers in a thriving business. And, you know, these are interviews from, from my book, Deliver Value, is that I am asking questions. What's a thriving business to you? And, and Diana, she says, faster to market, acquire new customers and retain customers that we have. So she is looking at satisfied customers right off the bat, right? And she's also looking at a thriving market because she wants to acquire a, a thriving business because she wants to acquire new customers. She wants to go faster. Marty is the same way. He has, we have market momentum, right? We're gaining in the market. We have a good working environment, people, and, and we use all of the resources. And when I say resource, resource aren't people. People are people and resources are resources. So people and resources, wisely. I, I know that in the definition of, you know, the PMBOK, we may use resources generically. Um, in the world that I live in, we start to think about agility. We start thinking about human beings coming to work every day, not resources. Dave, he says, energy created between the three elements of customer, team, and market. So th they're validating this theme of happy contributing people, satisfied customers, and thriving market. And, and then Howard went even a little bit deeper. He says, know why they exist and who they're there to serve. He even went a little deeper in, the, in that context um, of really just understanding the importance of having a thriving business. 
the way we get there, another way of, of being able to, for this to show up and work really well for your enterprise, you know, even in your role, because oftentimes, oh, we're, we're, you know, I've had many conversations with PMs and, and product managers and portfolio managers over the years. And they're going like, oh, you know, we're kind of like in the back. We're not, and I'm like, yeah, but you have an opportunity to contribute to this as well. There's an opportunity, even though you, you may not be doing a lot of the, the work for implementation, you have an opportunity to build goodwill with the people on your teams, the people that you have to interact with, and your customers. Goodwill. You know, that's Ubuntu. And that's, that's Ubuntu. That's an opportunity that you have in your role to contribute and make things better for others. Now, the way we, I like to think about thriving business is that we're going to organize people around value. Now, there's this whole concept where we talk about value streams, and this comes in the manufacturing space. Back when I used to do Six Sigma Black Belt work, we would go and do observations and learn about the value stream from the flow uh, from end to end of, of how to get things done. One thing is that we want to make sure that we have value streams well identified. So I just plucked one uh, from the Scale Agile framework and put this in here that if we fund it alone, we understand all of the different steps that's, that's necessary for us to fund alone. We know all the people that are involved, and we know all the systems. So we could look at flow, so we could increase flow. So it's visual. We made this visual for everyone to understand. Um, but also it's about building adaptive teams. When we think about adaptive, we're talking about agile teams, teams that are flexible, that are they're, they're capable of inspecting adapting. Um, the mindset that we're in is we want to always be in a continual improvement space. How do we make this better? As we improve, and we don't have to do a big bang, we're improving just once a year, we could do this incrementally. You know, every two weeks, we could bring some increment of value. Um, and those things add up. Imagine if we did an increment of value every two weeks. In a year, how many improvements would you have? And you can speak that out. It's how many increment of values would you have obtained 26 yes 26 that is the number I, I mean that's amazing to have 26 improvements in a year I mean and, and that's what we do in the agile world right well that's why we do these small little increments and iteration that people get annoyed with at times short feedback loops we're increasing flow every time we get a, an opportunity to improve um, and our teams becomes more and more adaptive. But also the last thing is, is practicing customer obsession, care about your customers. This is how we build amazing, amazing um, organization that's capable of delivering value frequently. Now, I'm going to ask you again, for you, what are some examples of a thriving business? It could be yours. It could be one that you admire, um, you know, and I'm just going to say it. I, I'm a big fan of IDEO, I-D-E-O, um, design thinking. You know, they started the D school at Stanford. Big fan of those organizations. 
so that's who I would put, or, or maybe Berkshire, right? So, what do you guys have? Let's see who I'm going to ask to to give. Let's see, Kevin, um, could you come on camera and share um, example of a thriving business that you have? And maybe you'll read whatever others put in the chat. Are you okay with doing that, Kevin? Uh, well, we. We actually, um, we actually used to have a little small little business, and uh, the what we what we deemed um, was a thriving part of our business was the the employees um, were very gratified working for us, loved working for us, came to work, gave us ideas about how to make the business better. And then, you know, the, the other part of the thriving business were, were that our customers came in. You know, and our customers, what really, what really um, kind of solidified the thriving business aspect uh, was that our customers were giving us great reviews on Yelp and Google and all the, you know, social media platforms, Facebook. That really, um, you know, boosted our business quite dramatically. Yeah, yeah. So do me a favor. Let's look in the chat. Let's, let's, and could you just read what others have written? Uh, yeah. Doubling, doubling company employee growth by two times each year for the last five years and revenue. Nice. Um, thriving business Trader Joe's. That's interesting. Uh, in the tech world, ServiceNow seems to be thriving as, as an industry in biotechnology. Uh, the company I coach for, PMP, Master Prep, I love coaching our customers. Super grateful for unique approach and successful in earning their PMPs. Yeah. Someone, Gabriella, just threw one in. She says, meeting or exceeding revenue goals, right? Um, just examples of a thriving business or an actual business. You know, Trader, Joe, Trader Joe's is, you know, it's popular. A lot of people like going there. I don't know. Let me try and summarize um, where we are in, in terms of what we discussed today, okay? So what we discussed today, we said value is a measurable outcome that can be realized and shared. Understanding what, if you, you look at value in that way, right, you said I could measure it. I know it's about customers, it's something that I could actually is viable. I could actually get it done and it can be shared. I could share it with others. We also want to look at happy contributing people as foundational to healthy organizations. It's really important that we remember that your happiness is, is important so that you could contribute because when I have you happy and contributing, I'm winning, right? We're, we're being successful. Focusing on creating satisfied customers by knowing their unmet needs. If we understand what their needs are and we could really fill that gap as much as we can, they're going to come back. You know, they're going to keep coming back. When we're talking about a thriving business, right, this enables happy contributing people and satisfied customers. Gen generative leadership mindset, that culture, um, that helps you to build a thriving business. And I don't care what kind of business. It could be a nonprofit organization like PMISD. If you have these principles, these themes working for you, you will be a lot better off.
in terms of serving your members as well. Because I have the, the context of actually being inside of a, of a PMI chapter and being there for many years. And yeah, there were times when we didn't have happy contributing people, right? We didn't understand what our what our, our members needed. So we didn't have, a th you know, at times we weren't as, we didn't thrive as much. When we had understanding of those things, our chapters thrived. So that's why I'm bringing this back to your chapter per se. You could take this anywhere in your life or even within your organization. That's the end of my presentation, except I want to ask you, you know, what are you curious about today's learning? Anything that you're curious about, or maybe you guys, this was so simple that you just got it. Uh, this is Sunila, and I wanted to thank you for this session. And uh, this was great. Like, I was intrigued by your title, right? Uh, delivering value. Everyone wants to deliver value. And I thought this would be more of like an individual based. But this was really interesting how you brought it up to be more of an organization's value. And I was curious to hear your thoughts on how I could apply whatever you thought shared with us today as an individual? It's no different than if you're an individual or an organization, because an organization is made up of individuals. That's yes. foundational. So how, how do you become a happy contributing person or even help others to be, become a happy contributing person? So I mentioned a few things, and I'm, I'll just hop back to that. So, hey, you, the individuals, you could have purpose. You could be compassionate toward other people that you're working with. You could master your capabilities, but also you could help to create self-organization. Right? Th these are things that you, that's within your control. And those are things that you could easily do. You just have to work on it. If I have a purpose for... Like, for example, I have a purpose today. And, you know, I know between 11 and, and 1, you know, my purpose was to show up here and present this concept for you. So I got, I got prepared. I created some slides. I interacted with Caesar. Hey, could you come early? Um, the, the, the topic that I'm talking about, I'm being super compassionate about people and human beings. I've mastered some of the capabilities of being a presenter. And I did all the self-organization. So you could take these same four things and anchor on that. And these four things that make happy contributing people and have purpose, be compassionate, master capabilities, and also self-organize. Another item that I want to talk to you about is that don't sleep on Ubuntu. Ubuntu is important because it's it's important for your self-development of being able to see other people as other human beings, to, ha to have find value in them and then welcome them in. And so while they're in, you're going to be patient and kind with them. You're going to create safety. Um, you're going to help them to, to be a bit more resilient by partnering with them as well. So you can see these principles are it pertains to us as individuals, but it also pertains to us as a leader of an organization as well. And right? it works both ways. Uh, was that helpful? Um, that is helpful. And um, I, can, I can see how I can apply each of these individual qualities um, to help me find my value mm -hmm. in the organization. Yes. 
of course. It's also sometimes I struggle with like, how do I um, translate this value across the organization as one single individual? Let's say the company's values. Are, I'm actually very fortunate to be in a company where this is uh, Ubuntu is pretty much how I feel every day because the company is great. Like it's, I, I, I work with a wonderful team and everyone's so helpful and collaborative. So I, I love that. And But I've also worked in places where they just don't partner. They just don't want to work with you together. And um, I wonder what I could do as an individual to bring about that togetherness or a value where this Ubuntu quality, especially because that really calls to me. And how do I bring that about as an individual, especially as a project manager? I feel like we are in between and trying to manage up is something I'm still trying to learn. I think it's all about how do you show up? I mean, how do you show up to people? And so if if you say you practice Ubuntu every day, how do you show up as seeing other people and said, Great job today, Jackie Worth. You were really amazing. Is it, hey, Caesar, man, I value you for running, you know, that event, this event today. This was really helpful. Um, Karina, you know, I welcome you in to our conversation. So you can start taking all of these things and putting them into action. They're, they're not just philosophies, they're things for you to live, and you can live them, but it takes practice, and you could be an ambassador or of Ubuntu in your organization. When people start to see this, they're going to like happy contributing person. You're making our teams better, making our organization better. You're making our leaders better. So there's an opportunity and, and it doesn't take a lot. You just, it just takes a bit of energy. And how do you reframe you in the context of your organization? Thank you. You're welcome. What else are you guys curious about, ladies and gentlemen? I'm, I'm being mindful of our time as well. So, I, I just wanted to add, I think it'd be interesting to see within the organization, within an organization, what everyone's different values are, um, because people might have different values within a company that you might not be aware of. I, I don't know if that's ever been applied, but it would be interesting. It, it does apply. And I'm glad that you brought that up because it just jogged my memory about when I was responsible for individuals reporting to me directly. One of the things that I would ask them uh, as part of our one-on-one -on -one is that I had 10 questions. I talk about what do you care about? What do you value? I ask, what do you value? And I found that some people valued, show me the money, <laughs> you know, pay me. All right. I, I had some people who valued being recognized. I had people who valued being family time. So they want work-life balance. I had different individuals tell me what they value. And that's how I responded to them. And, and that goes back to this, the simplicity of using this concept of an empathy map. I was having empathy with them. So you could see how we, you could use the same tool 
that we used to understand customers to understand individuals within the organization, but asking, what, what do they care about? What's painful? What does success look like to you? And, and I think that we have an opportunity to, to you could use Car Karina, you could use this tool because it's freely available on the internet. You could use this tool and run a simple 30 minute session and learn so much about individuals with this simple tool. Was that helpful? Yes, thank you. You're welcome. What else? What do you uh, what do you think, or what is the value of um, of focus groups to get at some of this? You oh. know, in terms of what they what what customers expect or hope for. Sure, you could apply this the empathy canvas or empathy map, you could apply that in a focus group. When we used to spend more time in person, I would put this up in a big room with stickies and get people moving and right and sharing their ideas. Because one of the things in a focus group, one thing that I want to know is like, what do they care about? What's important to them? What are important to these individuals that are sitting in, in the room here today with me? Or even virtually, use Miro and put the same tool up and give you virtual stickies. Put up some, uh, what do you care about? So it's the tool is applicable to learn more about people. That's what the, the empathy map is about. How do I learn about individuals or even teams and what they care about? Was that helpful, Jackie? Very. I like that idea a lot. Awesome. Um, so I'm doing a time check and only have a few minutes. And, and I want to do a shameless plug. And it's not shameless. I mean, I've worked really hard on this, really, really hard. As an author and a speaker, I've written, you know, several books. One of the things that I ask everyone to do is to help me to grow, right? I said, feedback is a gift. Help me to grow so I could get better at what I'm doing. And so you could fill out a simple survey here. Matter of fact, you could throw it in the chat if you want to as well. Um, on my little site over here, drdaveduca.com, you could buy one of my books. Um, you could buy it as a digital book. You could order it and have me autograph it and I'll send it to you. So you have those options. Um, you could also find these books on Amazon. Deliver Value, I'm still working on the audio book. So that should be done in maybe another couple of weeks. But all the rest of them have, you know, audio books. You know, you could have it as a Kindle. But if you just want to download it as a PDF or a Mobi, um, you could do that at the Dr. Dave Duca website. Right? You could grab one of those books. Each book gives you a different context about how we work as an agile organization and as an adaptive organization. Right, A lot of these conversations that, that I'm having here. And, and with that, I'm going to give some time back to Caesar. Um, he wanted me to tell you that, you know, about, you know, you scan this, uh, you know, you'll get one PDUs and I may have to send you my PMI number so you could put mine in for me. I'll do that via email since I'm not part of your chapter. Uh, so you could get, you know, a, a, a PDU here for the time that we spent today. And, uh, you know, I would just like to say thank you. Thank you for allowing me to share this topic with you. And, and, and I hope that you got some value out of this, that you could walk away with one thing. I said, I don't care. You don't have to go away with a pocket full. 
if you could go with just one thing, go work on that one thing and get better at it. Because that's the way I think about life in terms of being agile and practicing agility. So with that, I'm going to say thank you and I'll stop sharing and hand this back over to Caesar. And Caesar, thank you so much for supporting me today. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Honestly, I think this topic is fantastic because I think we can all always improve and, and get a better understanding of, of what uh, add value, adding value is and what how do we add value better in, in, in our organizations, in our personal lives and, and everything that surrounded us. And yeah, really, really excited to hear about how the entire concept of, of adding value, right? based out of happy customers, satisfied uh, customers, right? But all on our side as well from from happy contributing people, right? And and uh, being part of that thriving business is is really, really a, a super interesting concept. So thank you so much, Dr. Dave, for, for sharing this information with us. Um, if anyone else has some last minute questions or comments I want to share, uh, feel free to to drop them out right now and before we close our sessions this is our time for q a's and any any final additions i know we have some pretty good comments uh on the chat box uh, uh regarding uh the, the the concepts that we talked about i know one that really i really liked as well like jackie mentioned i think uh was that of uh, the the uh Empathy map, I think it's uh, such a great tool, really. Uh, it's, it's really nice to to see how we different ways that we can implement this in in uh, around ourselves, right? And and I think that uh, that's just one of the tools I think out of the top of my head that kind of jumps in and, and that I could definitely keep in mind for for future future use uh and and in the uh, examining and the delivering better value, right, around our teams and, and the people around us. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to reach out to you in about 30 to 90 days, something like that, and said, have you tried it yet? Have you used it yes. <laughs> within your chapter to learn more, to have more empathy toward the people you're serving? Exactly. Absolutely. Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share. No, no share with Dr. D.